0: Welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you along for the ride talking some Packers on today's show. The last couple of days, I've been up in Green Bay for Packers' mandatory minicamp. As I record this right now, the team is on their way to their team bonding experience. They have one every year. Sometimes it's bowling. Sometimes it's skeet shooting. This year, it's paintball. Uh, so hopefully, nobody gets hurt. And hopefully, the next almost six weeks, uh, there won't be any dumb headlines because... Uh, Matt LaFleur knows that every single year, seemingly, somebody gets into trouble, but that's the message after today's paintball exercise. Don't do anything stupid. We'll see you on July 25th for the start of training camp. But did get a chance to talk to some of my colleagues here at 97.3 The Game, as well as the Packers Radio Network. I want to start with my conversation with Bill Schmidt. This was on Tuesday, right after practice, so uh, there were some things that were fresh in our minds, but uh, also some bigger macro views of what the Packers in 2023 could look like as well so here's my conversation with Bill Schmidt from the Packers Radio Network you've seen some of the OTAs you've uh, you obviously attended practice earlier today do you see any difference with Jordan Love in the way that he carries himself because we have seen him run the first team before when Aaron decided that OTAs meant not for me and Jordan was running the first team. But yeah. do you see Jordan carrying himself differently at all? I, I like the way you put that, Doug, because I don't
1: necessarily know that it's a it's a talent difference. Like The ball's not coming out of his hand much differently. It's also difficult to remember nine months ago what it looks like because that's kind of the sections that we get to see him in. You mentioned it last couple of years. He's been running the first team, but there's always like a placeholder feel to it, right? Substitute teacher-esque. He's full-time. He has the the hotline number to the principal, so he's in that conversation. He's no longer, you know, a, a part-time substitute teacher, and, and I think more the way that he kind of carried the offense, like it was clear he was the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the most tangible thing I could see, but more than anything, I th- there's just a. It seems like just an elephant out of the room, even yeah. though for the players, it's probably not as much as. Us who have just witnessed it and watched it and now conversed about it for the last three years, mm-hmm. there was just a different feel to it, a fresh feel to it, and albeit a cautiously optimistic feel to it. I think that was the feel that I got. Where everyone is, uh, everyone's excited, but we're we're tempering our excitement because
0: it's a different type of excited than you've been in the last you know twenty some years. The rest of this team, uh, there's some new faces, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. The Packers going heavy on skill position offensive players for the second straight year. Brian Gutekunst talked about this the last time that I think you and I did a show from this room. He was talking about how kind of it's the design to get all these guys maybe becoming NFL right. players and starting NFL players and contributing NFL players at the same time. How important do you think that is?
1: I think it's pretty important for a couple of positions. Um the tight end spot, I think, more than any. And it's been a conversation more than you could just, uh, to put it lightly. Sure. Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, both of those guys with high expectations, second and third round pick. Josiah DeGuara, underachieving third round pick from a couple of years yeah, ago. Those,
0: those third rounders have been,
1: have been tough. They've been, tough. It's, it's been, been tough. tough.
0: it's been a struggle.
1: Made a couple of jokes of uh, maybe just trade all of your third round picks for the next <laughs> number of years and just get rid of there. But – That spot, and Matt LaFleur talked about it earlier today when he met with the media before practice, that the tight end spot, Doug, is outside of the quarterback on offense the most comprehensive position in football Mm -hmm. because you have to know everything that the offensive line are doing and you're going to work a bunch of combos with them and you're going to have to know all their terminology, how they're planning to work the outside blocking assignments while also making sure that every one of your routes are precise and clean and you know Every tag in which you're involved in, and that side. So you need to know all of it. Wide receivers, you know, I know. I, I see got, the
0: smile as a former offensive lineman. I gotta block that
1: guy. Right. Okay. Block <laughs> meaning go run to him and see if you yeah. can get get to him. Right. Offensive linemen, they hear one word in the pass set, or in in the pass play call, and say, "Sick. All right, let's go up there and block." No. Yeah. Where tight end. You you're never, you never have that buy, right? You never have that time off. So I think from those two guys in particular, with Josiah as well, year three, Tyler Davis is in that room as well, that position is so difficult, so – it encompasses so much that I think those guys being able to grow with a young quarterback is really cool to see. The wide receiver position is a little different because I think the best time to bring in young receivers is when you have an established quarterback – that can make their life a little bit easier. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, Doug, are gonna be trying to maybe do a little bit more of that for Jordan Love. So mm. it's unique. I think we see it more across the NFL than we think of here because we haven't reset in a long time. There's a lot of teams that are resetting on the fly with, you know, first and second round picks mm-hmm. at receiver and quarterback, but they're usually also picking in the top five. This team wasn't this year. so that's, And generally doesn't. And generally doesn't. And and doesn't want to. Right. No team wants to, but this team in particular, we've talked about that. Some teams I, have made it a habit. Bob Harlan's uh, lifelong quote of, I mean, if, if our bottom out is 8-8, eight and eight, then we're doing something good. Because yeah. then we're shooting for something different, right? And if that's going to stay true to form, I think those wide receivers, the second-year dudes who got a lot of game experience, are going to have to help Jordan and elevate him a little bit more than just usually the quarterback does to the pass catcher.
0: I want to get to the wide receivers in a second, but I want to go back to tight ends for just a moment. Josiah DeGuara, one of those third-round draft choices, now entering his fourth season. Mm-hmm. You get Musgrave, you get... Uh, Tucker Craft drafted in the second and third round, as you mentioned, how much of a message do you think that was to Josiah DeGuarra and how important is this camp for him in your opinion? Very important to him,
1: Uh, but just seeing from where he's lining up how how involved he is in different personnel packages you're going to see 81 on the field right? Um, But as the season goes on, Tucker craft and Luke Musgrave are going to learn a little bit more and become a little bit more comfortable with more. And you're going to find about what you can do with those guys. And uh, it, it's an important year for Josiah DeGuara. Don't get it twisted. It's just like it is. And we've talked more about him because he's the mayor of door County, the guy that was picked in the round before him, right? which is AJ Dillon. I mean, both of these guys are coming up on year four, Doug, like you mentioned. And, That's when your contract's up on the rookie deal. So very important from a money perspective from those guys. But Josiah DeGuara has not carved in his niche into the NFL yet. I think they're going to try to find ways to do it. Maybe not as much the inline tight ends like Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft will be. Maybe a little bit more into the backfield and offset from the line of scrimmage a couple yards back out on the wing. Mm. But... They're going to try to find ways to give him opportunities to make some plays. Made a really nice one earlier on today—a one-handed catch up the seam that uh, some people have probably already seen on the social media. Perhaps, yeah. You can perhaps. By the way, go
0: to the game MKE on uh, Twitter and oh, on Instagram as well. Uh, Great photography, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I I, I appreciate that. Bill Schmidt uh, from the uh, Mike Heller Show and also on the Packers Postgame Show on the Packers Radio Network, joining us here for a couple more minutes on Packers All Access. All right, so let's talk about the wide receivers for just a second as well because there's so much attention. Yes, on the quarterback, I asked you about the tight ends, but who do you think has a higher ceiling? Romeo Dobbs, who's getting a lot of run this preseason Mm -hmm. like he did last year. Good point. At about this time. Or Christian Watson, who had some injuries at the start of training camp a year ago. We all remember the drop against the Vikings in his first NFL play, first Mm -hmm. NFL pass, but then came on like gangbusters in that Cowboys game and then on through the rest of the season.
1: So higher potential, higher ceiling. I would go with Christian Watson because I think the talent level suggests it could be something really unique, right? Like top kind of player at the position unique romeo dobbs is is interesting though and we were having this conversation on the mike heller show earlier today while i was at practice and doug i think for their offense to be what they want it to be romeo dobbs has to be the more volume guy he's gonna have he's got in my estimation the best chance to be a 100 catch receiver for the Mm -hmm. packers i don't know if they have one this year that's a that's a lot of catches Right, A 1,000-yard receiver. I don't know they got one this year. But if one gets there, I think it would be Dobbs because he'll have probably more targets, more volume underneath, third down looks, uh, being able to take advantage of that space that Christian Watson's speed is going to bring. He's They're going to take shots over the top. And Christian Watson stretches the field, I think, mm-hmm. personally, as well as just about anybody in the game. Really
0: high points really well, too. He
1: does. And I think what he's also worked on, Doug, you mentioned the injuries. That's that's some conditioning, some work ethic. You know, workout, work ethic is the wrong way to put it. But, like, when you're that long and that athletic and that muscle-bound, it's, mm-hmm. it's sometimes tough to keep your hamstrings in order. That's something that you're going to learn a little bit later. And, and playing in Green Bay – With, you know, 2% body fat, guess what? You're going to pull a calf, right? You're going to pull a hamstring. That's (laughs) a crazy idea. But But he did play at North Dakota State. He did, and and that's the part of it that I like. I think he's put some real work in. You can tell he looks maybe a little bit thicker Mm -hmm. and ready to absorb some blows. I think Watson has the breakout star ceiling potential where Dobbs – might be the more productive player, though, here in year two.
0: All right. I like the way you answered that question. Hey, thank you. Uh,
1: walk right there on the fence.
0: You really did. And <laughs> you did it beautifully, <laughs> mind you. He is Bill Schmidt. You can hear him on the Mike Heller Show from noon until 3 right here on the game, uh, as well as on the Packers post-game show on uh, the Packers radio network. So we hear from the post-game show. We're going to go pre-game. Dennis Krause coming up next. So. I like that. There so you go. Dennis Krause leadoff hitter.
1: Hey, I'm always ready to open for Dennis Krause. Get the headline <laughs> in <acting> here, Doug. <laughs> Come on. Go. Dennis
0: Krause, longtime time pregame host on the Packers Radio Network and from Spectrum Sports 1 is coming up straight ahead. Thanks for uh, joining me. Dennis. Anytime, Doug. All right, so it is a two-day minicamp, mandatory minicamp. We've seen some of the OTAs. We haven't seen, I hate this term, but we'll call it what it is. We haven't seen the quote-unquote bullets flying yet at Jordan Love, but that's, I guess, the biggest question that has to try to get answered this spring. Summer, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I think you're right in that we're not going to get the answers this week. It's really going to be something that we're going to see in training camp and more importantly in the preseason games when they're facing other teams. And I know they have um, joint practices with both the Bengals in Cincinnati and the Patriots here in Green Bay uh, schedule. And so that'll be a glimpse, too. That'll be a good learning experience for Love. But I think those preseason games are critical for him, And I think in past years, we got used to, you know, Aaron Rodgers not playing at all in the mm-hmm. preseason. I just my guess. I think we'll see some love this year.
0: I, I think we will as well. Um, how important for the development of Jordan Love, in your opinion, have Aaron Rodgers in the past absences been? Because Jordan Love has at least had some experience running the first team when Aaron was on his ayahuasca trip.
2: I, I think it's been helpful, Doug, but I, I think that when you know you're the substitute teacher, you know, it's yeah. not quite the same. This is different this year. He knows that he's the guy. Mm. And so I, I do think that while those past experiences
0: helped him gain experience, it will be more important this year. In terms of everyone besides number ten, everyone besides Jordan Love, what are the areas that you feel are most in need of development, in need of all right, let's pay more attention to this obviously this is the year of jordan love this is the training camp of jordan love coming up but you know there are 52 other guys on the roster
2: yeah i think you know i don't know that it's so much needs work is i'm just anxious to see how it plays out with all the young receivers and young tight ends because those are the guys for the most part with the exception of uh, aaron jones and aj dillon that jordan love is going to be throwing the ball to so uh, you know, a guy like Romeo Dobbs, a guy a guy like Christian Watson, the young tight ends, they drafted two. Th- those guys are going to have to perform, and they're going to have to perform this year. Now, it's easy to say, well, they'll get better as the year goes on. I get all that. They will. But they have to be functioning mm-hmm.
0: for the opener in Chicago. Otherwise, this team, you know, is going to have problems. Well, we saw it last year. Romeo Dobbs came out and had an incredible training camp and Christian Watson wasn't able to get on the field, and their fortunes kind of reversed as the season went along. Uh, Romeo maybe regressed a little bit back to the mean, and that's when Christian Watson really became a, a super stud wide receiver. What have you seen or have you been able to glean anything in the early going in the OTAs of who Jordan Love seems to have a connection with?
2: A couple of guys that I, you know, and again, this is offseason stuff, but I think he and Romeo Dobbs have a good connection. They've done some work away from the facility, which I also think is important. Um and and Luke Musgrave is is a rookie tight end that has caught my eye with his build and with his speed. I think he's a guy that could make an impact right away. Now, chemistry with Jordan Love is is, is something that's going to be talked about a lot and I think without overtly taking a jab at Aaron Rodgers, he he has done things differently than mm-hmm. Rodgers has done as far as working with the young receivers. And I think that will pay dividends.
0: Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, do you think that this team, in your opinion, misses him at all?
2: Uh, I think certain guys do. I think like a David Bakhtiari Bakhtiari does, for sure. Uh, This is just me. No one said this to me. But if I'm in that Packers locker room, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, you know, I'm sick of hearing about Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are more than Aaron Rodgers. We can win without him. Now, I don't know if that's a prevailing attitude there, but I have to think that some players have it.
0: Dennis Krause joining us from Spectrum News 1 and the Packers pregame show uh, on the Packers radio network. I want—I have one more question about the quarterbacks. If you take Jordan Love, Sean Clifford, and Danny Etling, the three of them together have a combined one NFL start, and that was because Aaron Rodgers two years ago caught COVID for a week. How concerning is that to you?
2: Uh, it is concerning a little bit because if you have to play out the worst, okay, let's say that heaven forbid, Love gets hurt and you need somebody to start for two or three games. I don't want that person to be Clifford or Atling. And that's not a knock at them. I, I just, for a security blanket, mm-hmm. I'd like a veteran quarterback who started an NFL game before to be in camp, to be available if something were to happen to Jordan Love. And we have weeks for that to still happen. I'm sure. not saying it's not going to happen. It just, for me, would make me feel a little bit more comfortable.
0: How lost do you think David Bakhtiari could be this season, being literally the oldest guy in the room? Rodgers is gone. Crosby is gone. I mean, he's looking around, and he's not by any stretch the kid in the the room anymore. (laughs) Yeah, he's 31 now. And
2: uh, I I don't know that lost is the word I'd use, Doug. I, I do think it's an adjustment for him. And contractually... You know just being realistic here this, this is likely his last year term sure. uh, in Green Bay. so if that's the case, then I think he wants to perform well because he's playing for his next contract yeah. with the Jets, either the Packers or <laughs> or, or another team <laughs> sure. that you that might be already. in New York um so I don't think you're going to see this is just my opinion uh if he stays healthy, I think David Bakhtiari is still one of the best left tackles in football and I think he will be a great
0: asset for Jordan Love. On the flip side, uh, the defensive side of the ball, this was touted as a top-five defense. (laughs) And and that chuckle kind of says everything because they certainly didn't perform like it, especially in the early part of the season last year. Uh, Joe Barry has come under fire, like the last couple of defensive coordinators have come under fire. But specifically, what does this defense have to do to try to fulfill some of its promise?
2: They ended up being... um... About the middle yeah, of middle the rankings of because they rallied late in the season. Sure. Uh, I was having an email exchange with a, a Packers fan, and he was saying, "Oh, it's all on Joe Barry." And I, I think Jordan Love and Joe Barry are the two guys that are under the gun the most this season. And I do think that do you really think that for Jordan Love because I mean this yeah, is his first I mean, year as a starter. It is, but I think it, under the gun is probably the wrong expression. Um, under scrutiny, I think curiosity as to how they'll perform. And I think with Joe Barry, obviously, when Rashawn Gary is back is very important. Sure. Uh, if he's back in week one and you have your top edge rusher, then and then everything is a lot better. I do think, this my opinion, that Matt LaFleur kind of went out on a limb a little bit for Joe Barry mm-hmm. and, and not um, even thinking about making a move where, as you rightly suggest, a lot of fans – uh, would encourage him to do that. So hashtag Fire Capers. Uh, <laughs> defensive coordinators <laughs> are always targets. It seems in Green Bay. Uh, this, in, in all seriousness, I think with the change in quarterbacks, it's my hunch that you're not going to be winning games in the 30s. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have to be able to win a 20 to 17 game. Sure, and
0: that means your defense has to perform, and so that's on Joe Barry. Final thing for you: How would you define success? For the Packers in 2023.
2: I think success will be... First of all, I I don't think a playoff berth is out of range. Because I think the whole NFC North is kind of a mess. The Vikings are retooling Mm -hmm. financially. I'm not sure the Lions are ready for the glare of the spotlight. They're
0: they're favored, though. Oh, my
2: gosh. You know, opening night against the Chiefs? Yeah. That, to me, is a big stage for a a team that hasn't really won anything in a long time. Against a team that has. Yes. So... (laughs) And and the Bears are better, I think, but yeah. I don't I don't see them winning the division. So the the word rebuilding has been thrown around. I don't mm. think this is a rebuild here. If it's a rebuild in Green Bay, you don't have Aaron Jones, you don't have Kenny Clark, you don't have David Bakhtiari. I mean, you have got guys who are good players making decent money. I, that's not a rebuild in my mind. If it's a rebuild, you rip it to the studs and you – you waive those guys like the Vikings have done. Yeah, basically. with the exception of their quarterback, with, with the exception of Kirk Cousins. And they're trying to gather money for Justin Jefferson. I get all that. Yeah. Um, but all I'm saying is winning the division, albeit with maybe a 9-8 and eight record, uh, is not out of the question. But to your original question, what would I consider a success? I think if they're competitive, if they see that Jordan Love is the answer long-term, if they see the defense perform closer to the expectations we all have then I think you walk out of the season and say okay the foundation is there they'll get better love will get better with his young receivers and there's a bright future if they go 3 and 14 and love sputters Mm.
0: then you have serious questions you've got to ask and probably you're still looking for a quarterback All right, that's it for this edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Tomorrow, we will hear from Wayne Larravee, the Hall of Fame voice of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, We'll also check in with TMJ4's Lance Allen. We'll also hear from Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones as well, as we get you just kind of caught up to date as far as what's going on in Green Bay. I know it's still summertime. I know that Summerfest hasn't even happened yet. I know the Brewers, well, they're struggling right now, but it's still baseball season, and we're not going to get any football news for the next six weeks or at least any real football news for the next six weeks so we thought we'd sprinkle some in for you here on the podcast so hopefully uh you are enjoying the football content if not we'll get back to some regular content coming up in the next uh, week or so as well all right that's it for this edition of the Doug russell podcast hope you enjoyed it we'll talk to you next time